Section four of Capital and Interest by Frederick Bastiat. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section four The Anecdotes The Sack of Corn, The House, and The Plain. Now for my anecdotes. We begin with The Sack of Corn. Mathurin, in other respects as poor as Job, and obliged to earn his bread by day labor, became, nevertheless, by some inheritance, the owner of a fine piece of uncultivated land. He was exceedingly anxious to cultivate it. Alas, said he, to make ditches, to raise fences, to break the soil, to clear away the brambles and stones, to plough it, to sow it, might bring me a living in a year or two, but certainly not to-day or to-morrow. It is impossible to set about farming it without previously saving some provisions for my subsistence until the harvest, and I know by experience that preparatory labor is indispensable in order to render present labor productive. The good Mathurin was not content with making these reflections. He resolved to work by the day and to save something from his wages, to buy a spade and a sack of corn, without which things he must give up his fine agricultural projects. He acted so well and was so active and steady that he soon saw himself in possession of the wished-for sack of corn. "'I shall take it to the mill,' said he, "'and then I shall have enough to live upon till my field is covered with a rich harvest.' Just as he was starting, Jerome came to borrow his treasure of him. "'If you will lend me this sack of corn,' said Jerome, "'you will do me a great service, "'for I have some very lucrative work in view "'which I cannot possibly undertake "'for want of provisions to live upon until it is finished.' "'I was in the same case,' answered Mathurin, "'and if I have now secured bread for several months, "'it is at the expense of my arms and my stomach. "'Upon what principle of justice can it be devoted "'to the realization of your enterprise instead of mine? "'You may well believe that the bargain was a long one. "'However, it was finished at length and on these conditions. First, Jerome promised to give back at the end of the year "'a sack of corn of the same quality and of the same weight, "'one hundred liters, without missing a single grain. "'The first clause is perfectly just,' said he, for without it Mathurin would give and not lend. Secondly, he engaged to deliver five liters on every hundred liter sack that he produced. This clause is no less just than the other, thought he, for without it Mathurin would do me a service without compensation. He would inflict upon himself a privation. He would renounce his cherished enterprise. He would enable me to accomplish mine, he would cause me to enjoy for a year the fruits of his savings, and all this gratuitously. Since he delays the cultivation of his land, since he enables me to realize a lucrative labor, it is quite natural that I should let him partake in a certain proportion of the profits which I shall gain by the sacrifice he makes of his own. On his side, Mathurin, who was something of a scholar, made this calculation. Since, by virtue of the first clause, the sack of corn will return to me at the end of a year, he said to himself, I shall be able to lend it again. It will return to me at the end of the second year. I may lend it again, and so on, to all eternity. 
however i cannot deny that it will have been eaten long ago it is singular that i should be perpetually the owner of a sack of corn although the one i have lent has been consumed forever but this is explained thus it will be consumed in the service of jerome it will put it into the power of jerome to produce a superior value and consequently jerome will be able to restore me a sack of corn or the value of it without having suffered the slightest injury but quite the contrary and as regards myself this value ought to be my property as long as i do not consume it myself if i had used it to clear my land i should have received it again in the form of a fine harvest instead of that i lend it and i shall recover it in the form of repayment from the second clause i gain another piece of information at the end of the year i shall be in possession of five liters of corn over the one hundred that i have just lent if then i were to continue to work by the day and to save part of my wages as i have been doing in the course of time i should be able to lend two sacks of corn then three then four and when i should have gained a sufficient number to enable me to live on these additions of five liters over and above each i shall be at liberty to take a little repose in my old age but how is this in this case shall i not be living at the expense of others no certainly for it has been proved that in lending i perform a service i complete the labor of my borrowers and only deduct a trifling part of the excess of production due to my lendings and savings it is a marvellous thing that a man may thus realize a leisure which injures no one and for which he cannot be envied without injustice here is my second anecdote the house mondor had a house in building it he had exhorted nothing from any one whatever he owed it to his own personal labor or which is the same thing to labor justly rewarded his first care was to make a bargain with an architect in virtue of which by means of a hundred crowns a year the latter engaged to keep the house in constant good repair mondor was already congratulating himself on the happy days which he hoped to spend in this retreat declared sacred by our constitution but valerius wished to make it his residence how can you think of such a thing said mondor to valerius it is i who have built it it has cost me ten years of painful labor and now you would enjoy it they agreed to refer the matter to judges they chose no profound economists there were none such in the country but they found some just and sensible men it all comes to the same thing political economy justice good sense are all the same thing now here is the decision made by the judges if valerius wishes to occupy mondor's house for a year he is bound to submit to three conditions the first is to quit at the end of the year and to restore the house in good repair saving the inevitable decay resulting from mere duration the second to refund to mondor the three hundred francs which the latter pays annually to the architect to repair the injuries of time for these injuries taking place whilst the house is in the service of valerius it is perfectly just that he should bear the consequences 
the third that he should render to mandor a service equivalent to that which he receives as to this equivalence of services it must be freely discussed between mandor and valerius here is my third anecdote the plain a very long time ago there lived in a poor village a joiner who was a philosopher as all my heroes are in their way james worked from morning till night with his two strong arms but his brain was not idle for all that he was fond of reviewing his actions their causes and their effects he sometimes said to himself with my hatchet my saw and my hammer i can make only coarse furniture and can only get the pay for such if i only had a plane i should please my customers more and they would pay me more it is quite just i can only expect services proportioned to those which i render myself yes i am resolved i will make myself a plane however just as he was setting to work james reflected further i work for my customers three hundred days in the year if i give ten to make my plane supposing it lasts me a year only two hundred and ninety days will remain for me to make my furniture hmm. now in order that i not be the loser in this matter i must gain henceforth with the help of the plane as much in two hundred and ninety days as i now do in three hundred i must even gain more for unless i do so it would not be worth my while to venture upon any innovations james began to calculate he satisfied himself that he should sell his finished furniture at a price which would amply compensate for the ten days devoted to the plane and when no doubt remained on this point he set to work i beg the reader to remark that the power which exists in the tool to increase the productiveness of labor is the basis of the solution which follows at the end of ten days james had in his possession an admirable plane which he valued all the more for having made it himself he danced for joy for like the girl with her basket of eggs he reckoned all the profits which he expected to derive from this ingenious instrument but more fortunate than she he was not reduced to the necessity of saying good-bye to calf cow pig and eggs together he was building his fine castles in the air when he was interrupted by his acquaintance william a joiner in the neighboring village william having admired the plain was struck with the advantages which might be gained from it he said to james you must do me a service what service lend me your plane for a year as might be expected james at this proposal did not fail to cry out how can you think of such a thing william well if i do you this service what will you do for me in return nothing said william don't you know that a loan ought to be gratuitous don't you know that capital is naturally unproductive don't you know fraternity has been proclaimed if you only do me a service for the sake of receiving one from me in return what merit would you have william my friend fraternity does not mean that all the sacrifices are to be on one side if so i do not see why they should not be on yours whether a loan should be gratuitous i don't know but i do know that if i were to lend you my plan for a year it would be giving it to you to tell you the truth that was not what i made it for william replies 
well we will say nothing about the modern maxims discovered by the socialist gentlemen i ask you to do me a service what service do you ask me in return said james first then in a year the plane will be done for it will be good for nothing it is only just that you should let me have another exactly like it or that you should give me money enough to get it repaired or that you should supply me the ten days which i must devote to replacing it william replied this is perfectly just i submit to these conditions i engage to return it or to let you have one like it or the value of the same i think you must be satisfied with this and can require nothing further james says i think otherwise i made the plane for myself and not for you i expected to gain some advantage from it by my work being better finished and better paid by an improvement in my condition what reason is there that i should make a plane and you should gain the profit i might as well ask you to give me your saw and hatchet what a confusion is it not natural that each should keep what he has made with his own hands as well as his hands themselves to use without recompense the hands of another i call slavery to use without recompense the plane of another can this be called fraternity william responds but then i have agreed to return it to you at the end of a year as well polished and as sharp as it is now james replies we have nothing to do with next year we are speaking of this year i have made the plane for the sake of improving my work and condition if you merely return it to me in a year it is you who will gain the profit of it during the whole of that time i am not bound to do you such a service without receiving anything from you in return therefore if you wish for my plane independently of the entire restoration already bargained for you must do me a service which we will now discuss you must grant me remuneration and this was done thus william granted a remuneration calculated in such a way that at the end of the year james received his plane quite new and in addition a compensation consisting of a new plank for the advantages of which he had deprived himself and which he had yielded to his friend it was impossible for any one acquainted with the transaction to discover the slightest trace in it of oppression or injustice the singular part of it is that at the end of the year the plane came into james's possession and he lent it again recovered it and lent it a third and fourth time it has passed into the hands of his son who still lends it poor plane how many times has it changed sometimes its blade sometimes its handle it is no longer the same plane but it has always the same value at least for james's posterity workmen let us examine into these little stories end of section four the anecdotes